Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the DFS Streamer Podcast Week 16 edition here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts, at Loafing It over on Twitter. And don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore over there on Twitter as well. And Pierre is the guy who puts together winning lineups all the time. He is the guy who is the strategic person amongst all of us. I am just the reactionary person. Pierre actually puts some fun <coughs> into what he says at Wee 31 over on Twitter as well. Welcome, Pierre. Thanks, Wes. Good to be talking again. I I try to put talk. Sometimes I, sometimes I overthink it oh, uh, yeah. with my thoughts, so I got to be careful of that. But I mean, week sixteen, we're almost to the finish line here in the regular season. Yeah, we sure are, and it's going to be a lot of weather things going on here today. We uh, weren't able to get a regular recording time in on Tuesday afternoon, but we do. Uh, we are doing it on Wednesday afternoon, so we're taking an early look. I guess it's not only are we a day late, Pierre, but also the games are all a day early, or at least our slate is a day early. So I don't know. We're kind of we're, we're we don't have any excuses this week, I guess, Pierre. At least I don't. I know, I know. We got the Christmas Eve slate, so uh, day early because the Sunday obviously falls on on Christmas Day. Uh, only three games that day, but we got ten on Saturday, so we'll we'll dive in and do the best we can with an extra day. I won't say a preparation, but. Yeah, uh, just an extra day. <laughs> well, it's crazy, you know, for those amateur podcast people like we are. Uh, it's just it's crazy this time of year, and you're holding out regular jobs and going to all these different events and stuff like that. And we squeeze in a podcast though, because you and I enjoy talking about not only the DraftKings slate but just football in general. And we've been dedicated to the DFS Dreamer podcast here each and every week. We put on that contest each and every week that's always pinned or, or I guess uh, uh, t- uh, tweeted underneath the pin tweet over there on the FI Today account. Uh, mm-hmm. So we do that each. And every week as well and this week we're going to try and do two contests also uh, uh, you're the contest guy we're going to do one for the main slate of course and are we going to do that christmas day slate as well yeah i believe so i, I probably should create that before i forget because i'll be traveling myself on christmas day oh. uh but i'll have it posted before then so hopefully i remember to set my own lineup but yes we'll, we'll get something <laughs> in there <laughs> traveling be careful traveling i know i mentioned the weather and we're gonna you know that's gonna play an integral part in what we do from a DraftKings perspective i think this week pierre how 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 concerned are you i mean let me say this about cold weather in a game just cold weather in general Cold, not too concerned. Um, okay. It's the it's the wind that's going to be the the, the concerning I mean, part. I mean, not even like bitter cold, because yeah, there's going to be wind conditions. But I mean, like some of these wind conditions are going to be minus thirty, you know, thirty degree uh, wind gusts and everything like that, which will bring the temperatures down to like negative fifteen in some areas. That Pittsburgh, that Pittsburgh game is going to be so cold. <laughs> I mean, the teams will have a uh, their own little setups with the the heaters on the sideline. Uh, I'm sure the heat warmers and their and their little things that they wear on their their jerseys there, but it's more the wind from a, a fantasy perspective, just because it impacts the passing game so much. Um, so in those colder, windy games, it, it's probably best to, to try to lean on uh, the run and the run game a little bit more. What which also is going to mean though, it's going to be lower scoring, uh, pace is going to be slowed down a bit. So just keep that in mind. But that's really the impacts that I worry about when okay. it comes to the weather. Okay, I just think back to that Buffalo game last year when it was like Buffalo and New England, and all they did was yeah. run the ball between the 30-yard lines for three, for four quarters, and the game lasted for like one and a half hours or something. It was such a quick game, and they they were yeah. off the field. There's going to be a couple spots like that, so we'll, we'll try to touch on those and get everyone prepared. All right, so you're going to uh, – uh, our contest winner from last week, Pierre, who was that? 
both of us actually. Um, we did. So we had the two slates. So I I actually won Saturday. Hey. Uh, Saturday slate with a 163. Uh, speaking of code, went with Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor, who got hurt his first touch in that Minnesota <laughs> game. Uh, Gus Edwards, Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, KJ Osborne, David and Joku, Dawson Knox, Bills defense. Uh, for me and 163, and then you um, got on the board there Sunday um, and took down the, the Sunday slate there. And that was a pretty good lineup that you had also. Uh, you had a 179.60 total. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, with your, your Bama guy, also turned Oklahoma guy in Hurts. Uh, went with King Henry and another Bama guy. Oh, seeing a trend here. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Deontay Johnson, Chris Moore, Zay Jones, who had a big day. Greg Dochett, C.D. Lamb, and the Broncos defense for your 179.60 for the Sunday victory. Yeah, man, if you didn't have Zay Jones in the lineup, you were really behind the curve last week. So that was an uphill battle. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did that. Hey, this week, the highest point total on the board is going to be that Kansas City-Seattle game. That one is at 49 points, so that, that's a that's a big one. And it's going to probably stand out among the rest of them. I, I see that the Giants and Minnesota game inside a dome at Minnesota is at 48 points. And the highest implied team total are those Kansas City Chiefs at 29 and a half, it looks like, Pierre. Second highest is going to be those Minnesota Vikings at 26. So that may be some games that we want to pick on. But the first game on our slate is the Atlanta and Baltimore game. Let me pull up this weather forecast for that Atlanta-Baltimore game. It's the, it doesn't go in the same order, so I hope to be a little bit ahead of this as time goes on. <laughs> I got I to I gotta find my groove on this one. But let me tell everybody that this game is going to be ooh, it's got 14 degrees. The wind's going to be 16 miles an hour, so it's going to feel like negative one. Negative one there without any high-powered offenses. Two offenses that are really strong. And maybe we see why Marcus Mariota was not the starter there all year, as uh, as Ritter has taken over for that. You know, uh, I don't I don't yeah. think Lamar is going to play either. Are, are you looking to? St- we're not going to start any of these quarterbacks. We're just looking at running backs in this game, right? I mean, probably. Uh, there's a couple situations. So if Huntley if Huntley's in, um, I think he can play Andrews. Um, no one's going to play him. He's only 5,500. Cheapest wow. Mark Andrews has probably been in two years. Uh, so you look, he's still getting targets. He's gotten six plus targets, uh, basically all the the last what, five or six games that he's been healthy. Uh, Falcons have given it up uh, against the tight ends as well, so that's a good spot for him. I think they're twenty eighth uh, against tight ends, so I don't mind Andrews. Other than that, it could get ugly. Uh, you got Duvernay, I believe he hurt his foot, so he he's probably going to miss this game. Uh, if you want to take a shot on one of those cheap receivers, uh, Demarcus Robinson, Deshaun Jackson, James Prosh, you can. Uh, I probably won't. Uh, I think I'll probably go Andrews, maybe Huntley. Uh, mm-hmm. I might look at Huntley just because he does have a, a little bit of rushing upside if necessary himself. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's just uh, the backfield. I, I think he would lean Dobbins over Guts Edwards just based off their, their snap count, snap percentage last week. Yep, 37 and a half uh, total for the game. So that, that's going to be a pretty low one. We're going to see several of those on the board. Not as low as the Cleveland game, but it's going to be still 37 and a half. It's still pretty low right there. But uh, yeah, I, I don't mind. I, I, I like what the J.K. Dobbins is doing. And Gus Edwards really didn't get the share last week that I was hoping he was going to get. I played him in a couple places because it seemed like the share was kind of shared between the two backs two weeks ago in that Baltimore backfield, but clearly Dobbins is the guy they want to succeed. 
Yeah, it makes sense. He he has the draft capital as well. And, you know, if he's healthy, they're going to give him the ball and probably lean on him a little bit more, uh, especially without Lamar. So, yeah, Davis is definitely in play. Still a good price at 5,800. Okay. And, and when we look at these bad, I guess, bad games for point total, you tend to want to go to a defense in those things because it's going to be low-scoring games. But that also, mm-hmm. and I'm saying this kind of, I, I, I know, think I know the answer already, but I want you to give the answer, uh, <laughs> that that there's not going to be a lot of passing in these games. So we're not necessarily doing that because we want to look for that pick six if we can. Correct, correct. You want to you wanna go against quarterbacks that are going to have to drop back and throw the ball a lot because of the pick six, because of the, the sacks, strip sacks, things along those lines. A lot of people focus on the, the total points which to me doesn't really matter. You know, a team like the Colts, for example, they put up 21 fantasy points uh, on Saturday, even though they gave up, what, 36 to the, the Vikings when it was all said and done, 36 in a row, unfortunately. But uh, that's just that same scenario. The, the Vikings had to drop back. You still have a team uh, from a defensive standpoint put up 21 points, even though they gave up 36 real life points. Mm-hmm. That's just aggravated the stew out of me. I mean, I thought that that was going to be a high scoring game because, I, I told you that Minnesota Vikings have given up 400 yards of offense to the you know other offense like the Indianapolis mm-hmm. each and every week for like the last three weeks. They didn't do it last week, I don't think, because <laughs> Indianapolis got all their points off of turnovers and et cetera, et cetera. Just bad game play by Minnesota. The point total was very high, but but uh, Indianapolis's offense just didn't have to do anything. And I had to come down to a re- – I had one waiver wire left in my home league, pickup left in my home league, and I had to choose a quarterback, and I was like – Who's going to score the most points? Which is the highest point game in this whole entire slate? And I looked at it and I said, I hate to do it, but it's the Indianapolis Colts-Minnesota game. They're going to score the most points out of both of these guys. And and, and, and Matt Ryan was available. I didn't have a lot of options this time of year for quarterback. So I, I, I took Matt Ryan. He gave me like a 10. Just gave me a 10. I still, I still won the week, but it really bothered me. I was in your seat going, ah, Matt Ryan, you're making me mad. <laughs> that was brutal. He's not starting this week, so you don't have to worry about Matt Ryan, even though it's Monday night, but yeah, they're going with foes this week. I, I didn't want to bring it up. You, yeah, I was picking on you last week. A little <laughs> well, I'm worried that they're like trying to win now. I'm like, I've been calling for foes for like a couple of weeks, and now we're like almost a top five pick, and now they're turning to foes, and all he does as a backup is win games. So I'm like, they're going to blow this top pick. We're not going to get one of these top quarterbacks because Nick Foles is going to come in and start beating teams. No, he's not. I've seen him in a Bears uniform. I saw his last snaps in a Chicago Bears uniform. He is not winning any games. If him and Matt Ryan had a wet paper sack contest, you know, just trying to throw a football through it, I don't know who would win. I don't, I don't, it would take 20 tries where they started the 20-yard line and they kept moving in and in and in. It would, they would have to be right next to a wet paper bag in order to throw it right next to it. Through, through it. <laughs> he just can't be the starter. If he's the best. Backup, he's money. <laughs> hey, uh, got a question for you, and uh, we got to get out of here in an hour. But uh, redraft leagues uh, for you know those people in the championship weeks or their semifinals or whatever, <coughs> Indianapolis Colt running back situation looks real tempting. You know, you got Zach Moss, mm-hmm. Deion Jackson. Who would you choose out of those guys? It looks like they could still have a good week this week, even with whoever you plug and play back there. But uh, I mean, I, w- would you rather lean on Jackson or on Moss? So. I would say Jackson, um, but Moss was getting the touches. So that's the one thing. So early on in the year when we saw Taylor get hurt, it went to to Jackson uh, while Naheem Hines was there. But, you know, Naheem Hines is gone. They traded for Zach Moss, and he he saw 67% of those snaps uh, against the Vikings in comparison to to Jackson only seeing 32%. 
So that's a, a little worrisome. They did trade for Jack Moss, so maybe they want to see what he has when they know what he has, what they have already in Jackson. Um, I think game script's going to play a big part of it as well. If they get behind, then I think they'll go to Jackson as well. But I feel like everyone's kind of saying go to Jackson, but the the paper <laughs> and the, the snaps say to go to Moss. And it's really unique because you look at the Colts' final three opponents, they all struggle against the run. Chargers, Texans, and Giants, I believe, are the three. So if you get it right, then you, you could be set up to to finish these fantasy playoffs strong. Yeah, I, I do look at the game script last week, and they were really trying to kill the clock. They were trying to escape mm-hmm. the best they could with a victory. They just could not do it for Hooker by Crook. They just could not do it. But they, So I was thinking that maybe Zach Moss was just getting a lot of those touches, and if Deion Jackson were in there, it'd probably be in a negative game script where they have to pass a lot. But the, the only thing is Jeff Saturday just doesn't pass the ball a lot. He just runs and runs and runs and runs. That's yeah. all he does. So I don't, I don't know either. I mean, they're they're both serviceable. I would okay. I would lean Zach Moss based off of what I saw last week, but again, the game script could play him out. Okay, Detroit at Carolina, Pierre. <laughs> this one is at a forty-three and a half point total. We've been picking on Detroit Lions for quite a while, especially that secondary. Only problem is we got Baker Mayfield. No, not Baker Mayfield. Who is? We've got uh, Pierre Paul. Who is? Who's playing quarterback for them? Sam Darnold. Oh, Sam Darnold. That's right. I can't remember. I can't keep up with the Carolina. Play. Sam Darnold is out there playing, and he actually put up a pretty good game last week. To more mm-hmm. this weather forecast though is is not too terrible. Not too terrible. Not. But in Carolina, it's twenty six degrees and it'll feel like 16. The wind is hardly a factor at all. So this one looks like one of the warmer climates, actually. So we could actually kind of pick on this game if we wanted to. But do you even want to? I I don't mind, Darnold. Uh, You look at 5,100, solid price. We just saw uh, Zach Wilson have a pretty good game uh, against the Lions as well. So, yeah, for 5,100, I take a shot on Darnold. Obviously, you just want to pair him up. I feel with DJ Moore, uh, he'd be the – the only person really I would pair him up with maybe Chuba Hubbard if you feel like, you know, they're going to have to pass it. He's more of the passing down back as well. But, yeah, Darnold and uh, then uh, DJ Moore would be the ones I, I kind of turn to here. It actually looks like a good run back game and everything, a stacking game. If you mm-hmm. think about Amon Ross St. Brown, even DJ Shark, I wouldn't mind putting him in there in a spot or two. Uh, it really seems like, though, to me, like if you're going to take a flyer on a tight end, one of those flyers might be a Detroit Lion flyer on a tight end because they're just, they just, they, they get them involved a little bit sneakily, you know, and they're, you know, Brock Wright is at 2,800. I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, he had a really big play, you know, obviously to give him the lead. I think it was like a 68-yard touchdown. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's something to, to definitely consider, you know, given that they're going to be under 3K uh, in price. They kind of all play snaps. Uh, okay. So that's what worries me. I, I prefer to have someone that's going to get the majority of the snaps. We look at the breakdown. It was 47% for Wright, 37% for Zilstra, 24% for Mitchell. That's pretty spread out. So I'd probably try to find someone – uh, like when we get to the Chiefs, like a Noah Gray, who's down in that price range, but playing 50 plus percent of the snaps over one of these guys in Detroit. OK, we're staying away now at this point from DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Is that right? I mean, they, neither one of them have been very productive. They uh, seems like Detroit's having to lean on the passing game a lot more I, at 5,500 and 5,200 respectfully for Swift and Williams. It seems pretty low price for them. I'm just not sure who I could count on. Yeah, I wouldn't really touch him. If you touch one, it's going to be Jamal Williams just because he gets a lot of the goal line work and you hope he falls into the end zone twice. Okay. All right. Uh, Can we go to the next game, Buffalo-Chicago? Yeah, I think both defenses as well, like especially the Panthers down at at 2,300. 
Goff played pretty well on the road last week, but just in case he doesn't, you know, 2300 for the Panthers isn't a, a bad price. They can get after the quarterback. Yeah, Goff just isn't making a lot of mistakes. He just really they're very conservative. They're playing it close to the vest, but yes, they've been on the road a couple of weeks in a row. And and <laughs> I hate to say it because I like Jared Goff personally. You know, I kind of root for those guys like that. Mm-hmm. But it's that time of year for Jared Goff as well. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the Dallas Cowboy time of year, and that proved to be right. It's just kind of that Jared Goff time of year as well. And plus, you know, it's a Christmas day. They're on the road two weeks in a row. It just it, it could get long winded. So, yeah, maybe the Carolina Panthers might be a good one there. Buffalo at Chicago, 40 and a half game point total right here, Pierre. So I am kind of excited about that because, of course, I get to see the number one team, the Buffalo Bills, coming in and playing my Chicago Bears. I just want to see what they're made out of, you know, and I, I think that Justin Fields is going to be OK. Here's the big problem. The temperature is going to be four degrees. The wind is going to be the wind is going to be twenty three miles an hour, so it's going to feel like negative fifteen degrees there or something like that. You know, the, no snow in the forecast, but it's going to be cold, Pierre. Cold. I think that this and the Bears have no wide receivers, so this is going to be a really run, run, run game. It could, which could benefit you know uh, Justin Fields in those situations, and many were off of him. You know, last week, similar similar spot against uh, the Eagles, who have one of the top defenses, and he wasn't he wasn't bad. He got you 23, 23 and a half, which you know, which is a little over three times uh, the value, which is what we're shooting for. Uh, ran for ninety five yards. He was five yards short of another hundred yard bonus, which would have got him twenty five plus there. So, do like Fields, um, do like Allen too. Both of these oh, quarterbacks yeah. can run. Um, I think Allen's going to try to throw it regardless of the weather conditions. Yep. So it's going to be cold. So you, you could see some drops from receivers. You could see some injuries. You know, it's hard getting tackled on the grass, on turf, on anything when it's that cold as well. So this is probably the lowest total you'll ever see in a, a Bills game at, at 40 and a <laughs> half. And I think you got to take that into consideration. It might not snow you know, on Saturday itself, but there's going to be some snow leading up there because we're going to get it here in Indiana as well. And it can be anywhere from three to 12 inches from what we're, we're gathering. They'll have the field cleared off, but just know that there could be some weather elements in addition to that code there in Chicago. And that's one of the worst fields, regardless of whether they get it cleaned off or not. It's just going to be one of the worst fields out there. Uh, that's just what the I – mean, it will be frozen, so it doesn't matter. But I like Josh Allen as well. I think he can get to that 24 points. When I look at the running back room, uh, David Montgomery has really been picking up the pace a little bit. But that 6,500 seems a little bit rich for me. And I want to say James Cook, I always want to do because he, he, he just ha- – he's got it in him. You yeah. know he has it in him somewhere in the down the road there. But it, he's at 5K, so or 4,900. So it just – I don't think he can get to that 15, and Devin Singletary is surely not going to get there. So I, I don't know. They got Naheem Hines a touchdown last week. Maybe they do it again, but none of them are trustworthy in my book. They're not. There's just too many touches to go around. Like James Cook got like eight last week, and yeah, he got in the end zone, but that's still not enough for for 5K almost. And the wide receivers, who is going to uh, who's who Josh Allen going to pass it to? I know he's going to pass it to Stephon Diggs, and he's going to probably lead the wide receivers in targets. Yep. And he catches, but it's just not going to be enough to get him to three times the value at 8,500, Pierre. He hasn't hit 24 in quite some time, so I can't put him in there in my lineup. Yeah, it's tough, though, because we just saw both Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown kind of destroy this Bears uh, secondary a little bit. So, I mean, if there's someone that can do it, it it's going to be Diggs. Uh, if Gabe Davis can get behind the defense, him at 5K, 
Uh, he could be serviceable. Dawson Knox has looked good the last couple weeks. So if you truly expect the the Bills to to score roughly three touchdowns, uh, when you look at their 24.8 team total, you got to expect at least one or two of those to come through the air. Uh, if so, I mean, you're probably going to want one of these guys. Uh, might want to go cheaper uh, to, to not have to hit the the value that Diggs has, but he's going to score touchdowns. Is what is what Josh Allen and the Bills do. Okay, I think it's going to be more of a Josh Allen running it in all the time because I don't think he's going to be able to pass it to Dawson Knox. If there's one place that the Bears have been pretty successful at, and that's not allowing fantasy points to tight ends. And Dawson Knox, I'm not going to say is gimmicky because he does get a lot of targets nowadays. He got eight targets last week, seven targets the week before, and he's been able to get up to that 14. He got 21 DraftKings points last week, but he's at 4,100. I guess that he can reach his ceiling, but I'm not going to trust it this week. Yeah, it's tougher, but if Josh Allen rushes for three touchdowns, you're going to have to have him. <laughs> kind of like you. You had Hurts. That's what Hurts did. He ran yeah. for three uh, while I had Miles Sanders. But anyways, uh, he okay. ran for three, got you almost 40. So that would be the same type of outcome for Allen. Yeah, and I don't mind the Bills' defense against the Chicago Bears. Uh, Justin Fields passes the ball. He has nobody to pass it to. They can take away Cole Komet. That's the only weapon they have right now, yep. uh, and they're at 4K, so that might be one that people are scared away from, but they may be the beneficiary of people getting scared away this week, Pierre. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Ugly targets. Uh, I know they'll get Mooney and Claypool back next year. Maybe they'll take one in the draft, but they got to get him some weapons because he's, he's starting to turn a corner similar to Trevor Lawrence, I feel. Yeah, they, they need an offensive line as well. All right, <laughs> New Orleans at Cleveland. I like this one from a Cleveland perspective. And New Orleans is a dome team. Going outdoors to play in Cleveland this week, this game total, like I said, was 32 and a half right now. But yeah. listen to this weather, Pierre. This <laughs> It is going to be 8 degrees there. Negative 14 uh, is what it's going to feel like because of the 27-mile-per-hour winds that are there. And this is going to be a ground and pound, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. I don't trust Alvin Kamara in this game at all. I do not think you can play either one of the quarterbacks, especially at Andy Dalton at this time. And Nick yeah. Chubb at 7,700, though, I don't. I just this game clock is going to move and move and move. I don't know if he's going to be able to get to the 21 points that we want him to or 22 points that we want him to. Yeah, he hasn't looked great since Deshaun Watson's come aboard, honestly, if – if we're being real. Uh, so just, just be cognizant of that. I don't, I don't know if I play Chubb. I don't mind Kamara simply because the Browns struggle against the run. Uh, Mark Ingram still out. Not sure how much they'll get, um, you know, Benjamin involved, but he got 23 touches uh, last week without Mark Ingram. If he gets up around there, can, you know, fall into the end zone, you know, he takes that 12.4 to 18.4 and then mm-hmm. he's right up there by the the three times the value. Um, I really wish that Taysom Hill was starting this game at quarterback. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I don't want any of the quarterbacks, but Taysom Hill in this kind of weather, knowing the, the big, the big you know, type of runner he is as a quarterback for 4,800, uh, I think he could do some damage on the ground with his legs. I could see them implement him more. So as a dart throw, if you want to punt at quarterback, I'd take a shot on Taysom Hill uh, just in case. Okay, all right. I can understand that. It's not going to be that highly rostered in no. DraftKings. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's a boy. That would be a, that'd be a good, you know, millionaire lineup right there. Just <laughs> put him in as a quarterback. It's risky. I mean, it's risky. But I mean, he if anyone can do it, it's Taysom. 
Okay, I agree. I could see that. I could just see a wildcat formation from him all game long because of these environments. That'd be, that'd be special. Uh, what about wide receivers? I know we don't want to play any of them, right? No, I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> that's there. That. What about tight ends? And Joku's kind of disappointed. All Johnson does is catch touchdowns at 3,800. Can we count on that, though? Now, I'm not going to play any pass catchers in this game. There's there's too many other options to risk it with the, the wind and weather here. Okay, and defenses? Probably not because they're probably not going to have to pass the ball too much. Okay, all right. Uh, that's understandable. Uh, next game, then, is going to be the Kansas City game, Seattle at Kansas City. This one's almost reaching 50, Pierre. It's a 49-point mm-hmm. total right here. So this is going to be the hot game that everybody's going to want to play because the weather is not too terrible there, right? I, I don't think that the weather is – terribly bad in kansas city this week it's not it's gonna be it's gonna be cold just like okay. it is in most of the united states uh <laughs> temps will probably be in the single digits i think the wind's gonna be about 10 miles an hour which isn't bad so light winds colder weather but when you look at some of the games like we said in cleveland baltimore chicago uh this will be a, a, a tad bit warmer <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So that, that makes good sense. And we got Patrick Mahomes at 8,400. So it seems like he could be able to get there because the Seattle defense just isn't that bad right now, or, or that good, I guess. They're, they're good to be bad or bad to be good. I don't know. 8,400. So I think he could get there. He just he, he throws the ball so many times, even against the Houston Texans. He threw the ball 41 times, even gets a good stingy Denver defense. He threw the ball 42 times, which always gives him the availability to be able to have a big boom week, Pierre. Yeah, he usually... You usually need quarterbacks this year to to have those type of weeks. Um, in the past, you could like kind of punt uh, at quarterback a bit, but like this year in particular, in order to like win tournaments, you need Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, those types that can get you thirty plus um, consistently. And so he's he's in play. Uh, he's probably going to grade out as one of the better points per dollar out of the expensive guys up top. Uh, so I, I like Mahomes. You know, you know who my favorite defense is in this game, Pierre? The uh, Chiefs. Nope, the San Francisco 49ers. The reason why is because they took Geno's dollar down to 5,800, <laughs> and people might be scared to play him because he only got him 15 DraftKings points last week. But Geno has consistently been in the 20s each and every week. And against the Kansas City Chiefs secondary, I have full faith that Geno Smith could maybe have his highest point total of the of the year this week. I think he could possibly reach 30 because they're going to have to pass the ball against this Kansas City Chief team to be able to keep up with them. And and I I want all of the Geno Smith I can get at 5,800. Yeah, I like Geno a lot too. Uh, pick him up in a, a keeper league like two or three weeks in. He's got me to the, the playoffs. 5,800, good price. As you mentioned, uh, he's been basically 20-plus since week eight except for that 49ers defense. This is not the 49ers defense. I do worry about Lockett um, being out. He's going to miss this week with the finger, uh, but that's going to basically mean load up on DK Metcalf, I feel. Uh, He's going to be the one you want to target here. He's probably going to see, you know, double-digit targets, maybe even the teens in this game. Uh, So, yeah, I like the Geno call a lot. Um, I like Metcalf. Jarek McKinnon, what are your thoughts on Jarek McKinnon? It's been the same all year long. 
all year long. I've always said that Jarek McKinnon was going to come alive at the playoff time, just like he did last year for the Kansas City Chiefs. This, uh, you know, for for redraft purposes or whatever. I told somebody a couple weeks ago they were like talking about dropping Isaiah Pacheco. I said, don't drop. This is before you know he really became the lead lead back. You yeah. know, there I was like, do not drop Isaiah Pacheco. He's getting all the touches that's there except for the red zone touches. I said the guy who's going to win people some redraft leagues is going to be Jarek McKinnon, and I couldn't get him anywhere out there because people listen to me and I, whenever I talk, so they, they sit there and they pick him up. But uh, Jarek McKinnon, I think, is that for, as far as DraftKings go, man, he's he's a gamble each and every week. He might, and and I know a lot of people are thinking that I'd rather stay off of him and let somebody else deal with that problem. But I know if I if he gets that thirty, I'm going to miss out on it. But man, he's at fifty nine hundred now, so he's pretty high up there. He's up there, but like, if you watch the games, he like runs wide open. Like there's never <laughs> anyone around him. He is. Great. I don't know if that'll change with the, the Seattle, but they also you know struggle against the run themselves. So similar to the Texans, we just mm-hmm. saw if Mahomes is still going to drop back and throw, and he if he doesn't have those deep shots, he's just going to dump it off to McKinnon. He's going to run twenty to thirty yards down the field. So <laughs> I mean they're they're right around the same price him with Pacheco. Yeah. Uh, I know it's tough. He's got back-to-back weeks, 30-plus. Not sure he can do a third, but it's really tempting just given how open he has been the last two weeks. I've meant to before we got on here and before you know I, I got onto this podcast and the Baby Bowl podcast, I, I meant to go back and look at McKinnon's last year, just, just last year, and see when he came alive and what his fantasy points were at the end of last season per game because I, I bet you – I bet you it boomed towards the end of the season. I know it did in the playoffs, but I bet you it did. Uh, Ken Walker, I'm not sure that he's going to be able to play, and I don't know how much that we can trust him because it seems like nowadays when players come back and play, especially in a cold-weather environment, they just won't give him the amount of snaps he's going to need to be able to pay off that 6,400 year. Ah, he played last game. like He was on the field. It was just the, the 49ers defense is the 49ers defense. So, mm-hmm. But uh, he seemed all the way back. He played okay. 75% of the snaps. That last game, so given the, you know, the full week, I I, I feel like he's going to be okay. So I don't I don't mind him at sixty four hundred uh, at all, actually. Okay, well I was probably trying to talk myself into that because in that said home league, I'm going against Ken Walker in redraft. <laughs> so I'm probably trying to talk my uh, DK Metcalf. I know you said we're all over him at seventy one hundred. He's going to see a lot of targets. He's also going to see a lot of double teams, which might be able to open up the the floor for maybe some other people. Maybe a Goodwin who's at forty three hundred, or even somebody who I think is is a little bit sneaky. Noah Fant. Noah Fant at thirty four hundred. He's been seeing a lot of targets as well, and and Geno Smith has spread the ball around pretty good to the different wide receivers. I know he targets in, he makes Metcalf, and he makes Lockett happy, but he, he kind of shares the ball around a little bit. He does, and I, I like Fant too. Um, I think he missed practice, so that's his news to kind of monitor to make sure he actually plays. But those targets from Lockett have to go somewhere. I think a good portion will go to Metcalf, but whether it's good when the speedster. Uh, whether it's a Fant, if Fant misses, then maybe even a Disley. Not sure about a Penny Hard or a Trentwell, those types. Probably won't go there. If nothing else, just go with Metcalf and, and hope he, he sees all the targets, like a, a Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams type. In the years past, we've really seen – Kansas City kind of, you know, target in on a couple of different players. You know, it's been Mahomes, it's been Tyreek, it's been Kelsey, and then we had CEH mix in there a little bit until it was McKinnon time last year. 
I almost want to say that Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't want to say has taken over the Tyreek Hill role, but as far as the target share goes, it seems like he really has. He's mm-hmm. gotten t- He got 10 last week. He got 11 this week. He just doesn't find the end zone as much as I'd like him to. Yeah, um, he's been really good. And you look at the, the gap where he kind of went from being hot to cold. It was after his concussion. So mm-hmm. it, it took him a couple games to get back. And now you're starting to see those targets that you saw, you know, week seven, uh, week nine. So he he definitely seems to be the beneficiary right now. Out of the receiving core, other than Kelsey, uh, again, plus 10 targets the last two weeks. So I do like Juju, 5,800. He gets you off the, the running backs as well. So if you feel like a McKinnon or a Pincheco are going to be the ones that are higher rostered, uh, you can go to Juju in that same price range at 5,800, get a part of the passing game, knowing that Mahomes is going to be dropping back and see if you can take advantage there. New York Giants at Minnesota Vikings. This temperature is going to be a nice balmy 72 degrees, I think, inside the dome in Minnesota, <laughs> which is always nice. Pierre, we've wanted to pick on Minnesota's defense for quite some time. Are the New York Giants one of those boom plays where we just need to funnel a lot of dollars into the New York Giant offense? I mean, you could. Um, guess who's grading out the best value at quarterback? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones at 5,600. So points from dollar standpoint, he's grading out the best right now. Again, this is Wednesday afternoon, but, I mean, the the projections are saying that Jones should do well. I know last week it was Dalton. Um, he didn't have the big game I thought he was going to have, but, I mean, he had that big touchdown early. I think Taysom Hill ended up throwing for one instead of Dalton. Uh, if that's Dalton, he puts up about 20 himself. So if you can get 20 from Daniel Jones here, uh, who is capable of running the ball as well, um, you could definitely uh, open up some value, some salary at other positions. So I, I do like Jones. Uh, I think Richie James is one you can stack him up with at 3900 uh, Really solid price, under 4K to save some salary. Has put up 13-plus in three out of the last five games. Um, my guy, uh, Isaiah Hodgins, who I've been on, uh, his price has kind of jumped. He was in the, the 3K range uh, for a few weeks. He's up to 4,100. Uh, he scored 15-plus two out of the last three weeks. Um, and then Darius Slayton seems to be the wide receiver one here uh, for the Giants. He's uh, 5,200, a little more pricey. I would probably tr- just try to save it with one of those two guys in, in James or Hodgins. But that'd be who you really want to pair up uh, if you're going to stack with Jones. Um, do you play Barkley at 7,900 or so? I do. He's getting all the looks. He's getting all the touches. And I, to me, that he's a, you know he's a, not only a passing threat, but he's also the red zone threat. It seems like more times than not, they're going to at least give him a touch or two in the red zone or in the green zone. So, I, I, yes, I don't mind putting Saquon Barkley in there. I'm just glad you didn't say Kenny Galladay was your guy anymore. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> Uh, I don't know what happened with with Mr. Galladay. Maybe Stafford was better than we all realized. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Dalvin Cook, though, you know, he's one of those guys that I'm not going to put in any lineup. But man, he can get it done every once in a while. But it takes that one huge play, and I just I know he can do it, and I know he does it more times than not. It feels like, but he also has those really low floors, man. Yeah, it's tough, but I mean. You can play. You look at the the matchup, the Giants, you know, give it up on the ground. We saw Brian Robinson have a pretty solid day, had a touchdown caught back late in that Giants and Commanders game. Uh, So I do like Dalvin. Uh, He had that big explosion against the the Colts that kind of put him over the top. I didn't play him, so it hurt to to watch that 
both from a DFS standpoint and from a Coats fan standpoint, because it did not help me whatsoever uh, when he broke off that big play. But he's in play at 7,200. Uh, all the passing options are in play. Obviously, Justin Jefferson's one of the best in the league. He's priced up, but you can afford him at 93. Uh, yeah. Thielen's been getting back into the end zone uh, <laughs> like he has in previous years. Uh, thank you, KJ Osborne. He kind of sent me to the top. Last week at 3,700, he's up to 4,500 now. Not sure he's going to put up another 30-plus, uh, but he's still in play. And then, obviously, Hawkinson at tight end. Uh, his price starting to come down a bit, but he's still seeing, you know, six-plus targets uh, since he's come over to Minnesota. So two, three games in a row where he really hadn't done too much could be a time to get on TJ Hawkinson at 4,900. It could be. I don't think a lot of people will be on him. I just haven't seen him pay off in quite some time to get to that 15 that we like. I'd almost rather play a Bellinger, I think, who's still getting four or five targets himself each and every week down at 3,300. I bet you we could find a better option than that along the way, Pierre. I'm also not going to rule out the Giants defense at 3,100 against the Kirk Cousins and against the Minnesota Viking team, they're just they they're they're turnover prone, you know. Mm-hmm. They're just turnover prone, so I'm not going to rule that out at 3100. You shouldn't. We just saw the the Colts put up 21 fantasy points as a defense against them, so he can definitely go teams. back to the well. Yeah, and special teams, you know. I mean, that's that's something that's to true. be said for that too, as well. Cincinnati at New England, Pierre. This game is sitting at 41 and a half point total, and, and I and I don't have to go through it. No snow. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. It's going to be all those things. It's going to be a game that you're not necessarily going to look at and think that it's going to be a good game as far as fantasy production goes. Temperatures 20, feels like seven, 13 mile per hour winds. So, how do we break down this game, Pierre? Whenever we look at it, are you going to play? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to think of how to, are you going to play a Joe Burrow in an IDP league to tackle Mac Jones like Mac Jones got face planted <laughs> last week? That was a vast FR. I felt so bad for Kobe Myers uh, after that game. But yeah, that was I, I did, that was a I rough did. spot for, for Mac. Oh, it's right there on, on national TV at the 50 yard line. <laughs> yeah, he's Which the only is one worse, too. that? Which is worse, that or Daniel Jones falling on his face at the 10? Which one? Uh, probably Daniel Jones. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, because nobody else was involved, it was it was all him in the yeah. open by himself. So, <laughs> okay, so uh, the New England Patriot defense is one of those defenses that we traditionally don't want to go against. But I think that you could score on the New England Patriot defense. I don't think it's one that we necessarily have to be terrified of. Not even in these weather conditions. Cincinnati's used to these kind of weather conditions. I don't mind a Joe Burrow at seven K. I think he can get to the twenty one and. I, I also think that, and I know you don't like the Cincinnati Bengal defense. That's what you kept telling me last week, even though they had a great game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or maybe Tampa Bay had a bad game. But, man, <laughs> I just think that they're going to be put in scoring positions quite often. So, you know, Joe Burrow can get to his 20, 21 points. I mean, you can always play Burrow. Uh, you do get worried with Belichick, um, even amongst some of the Patriots' struggles. He does a good job of taking away a lot of your best options, your best weapons. Mm-hmm. We saw Devontae Adams didn't really do much um, at all in that game. I think uh, Matt Collins and Waller got the touchdown. Jacobs didn't do much. Um, so you got to expect, I'm guessing it's going to be Chase um, that he, he tries to take away, which could open it up for a Boyd or a Higgins. Uh, Mixon hasn't looked great except for that one big explosion right. game that he had with the 50-plus. Um, so I don't really like the, the Bengals, which worries me with Burrow. Um, but, I mean, he's still Joe Burrow. He he can put up points. So, I mean, he's playable, but I think I would try to find other spots this week if okay. possible. If I were to do it, I probably would just do it with a Tyler Boyd because, like you said, if you take away Chase – 
it, it doesn't seem at all like Burrow has an any kind of problem passing the ball around. Like he'll, right. it seems like, okay, I got, I got Boyd a touchdown. All right. It's time to get Higgins a touchdown. All right. Now it's time to get Chase a touchdown. It just seems like that's what he does. So I don't think that he's going to have a big, you know, a, a big problem th- throwing it to Tyler Boyd, who had five targets last game for 15 DraftKings points. So if I were to do that, I would, I would do it that way. There's nobody to run it back with. Or we, yeah, I know you said that Joe Mixon just, I, I can't play him. Samaje P. Ryan is still priced too high to even take a dart throw on. And, Ramondre in this game is at seventy one hundred. That seems really expensive. I mean, it's only a hundred dollars more than last week when he kind of torched the the Raiders. He had one hundred seventy two and a touchdown, and folks weren't even sure he's going to play. Uh, so, uh, and that goes to that your high. yeah, that goes to playing your cues, though. You know what I mean? Like your questionable yeah. tags to put. You can go ahead and put them in there if they play. Just put them in there. Yeah, and they're going to be again uh, in DFS. They'll probably be lower on lower roster. Because that cue's there. So just keep that in mind, uh, especially if Damian Harris misses again. Uh, I still I still don't mind Ramondre. He's getting the rushing attempts. He's going to be in part of the, the passing game work. So, yeah, you can play him. Receivers, it's tough. Uh, I usually would tend to go Myers. Uh, maybe this is a, a bounce back, make him feel better about the mistake that he made type of week. Uh, with him, uh, he's seeing limited targets here, uh, five or six a game. Yep. Uh, you look at Aguilar, though, I like him each week. He's not making the most of his targets, but he's gotten six-plus targets in three out of the last four. For 3,300, I mean, he's on the field and he's getting targets. You would hope that he has a game like he did against Minnesota where he can get you like an 18-and-a-half, get in the end zone. Uh, he's also a deep ball threat. So I don't mind Aguilar maybe as a bring back. Um, and then Hunter Henry, uh, you can always play him. As long as the officials call his touchdowns touchdowns, he should be okay <laughs> once he gets in the end zone. Okay. All right. We can do that. Uh, we can go, go over there. Well, Houston at Tennessee, Pierre. This game totals at 36, and uh, the, the Tennessee Titans will be hosting the Lovey Lombardi Houston Texans is what they're going to be doing. Hey, Lovey is coaching <laughs> his tail off over there in Houston right now. I don't know what's going on, what's in the water there, but they believe they can win. I don't mm-hmm. believe they can stop Derrick Henry this week. I know I played him last week in DraftKings, but man alive, I'm going to play him again this week if I have an opportunity to, even at 8,600. I think everybody is. Okay. <laughs> you, you see that box score week eight against this team when he, he put up 38.8, 219, two touchdowns. And, I mean, he's he's against the worst running defense in the league. You're going to have to play Henry. Tannehill's banged up as well, so that could lead to, you know, more touches. I think Tannehill missed that first game. I think that was a Malik Willis game against the Texans. Mm-hmm. They just handed it to him 32 times. So uh, they're at home. They need to win. Jacksonville's right on their tail in the division. So mm-hmm. I do expect them to link on King Henry. It's going to be cold. Folks do not want to tackle anyone when it's cold. They definitely aren't going to want to tackle Derrick Henry in the I, code. I, I think I, I, if Vegas had a prop bet for how many wildcat formations the Tennessee Titans will line up in this week, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you can consider Malik Willis a quarterback or not, <laughs> but <Yeah>. with <laughs> with uh, Derrick Henry back there, though, receiving the snap, I've, I, it's got to be set at five. I mean, you have to set it at five or six because, like you said, it is playoff push time. they got to give Tannehill a break. It wouldn't surprise me if Malik Willis started, but if Derrick Henry was the quarterback in the wildcat <laughs> formation handing it off to Malik Willis sometime. I mean, I just, I, I can't see how they can trust Malik Willis to do much of anything. And he's just going to grind you out is yeah. the, the other part. Like, he may be all right that first half, but 
He's still coming at you in the second half. He's gonna start to wear you down. <laughs> Royce Freeman got a lot of carries. We it wasn't sexy Rexy week last week or a Goomba Wale. It was Royce Freeman, uh, the Cadillac. I can't trust him against that Tennessee Titan defense, though. They got a really good run defense. They have a really poor uh, passing defense. Yeah, yeah, they kind of funnel things to the the pass. Uh, not sure the Texans can pass. Right. Uh, but if you are going to run someone back with uh, a Henry, it's probably going to be a Texans receiver. Pay attention to the news. See if like a, a Nico Collins or Brandon Cooks are back. If not, Chris Moore, you know, he's up to 4,700. But, I mean, he's seen double-digit almost type snaps, 9-11 back-to-back weeks. Uh, Nico Collins is 44. So if he plays, he's now cheaper than Chris Moore. Um, so that would be a, a way to, to kind of get off the Chris Moore crowd. You could go to Nico Collins if he actually plays. If him and Cooks are out again, then, you know, Mario Rogers, Philip Dorsett, Rogers played 50-plus percent of the snaps, Dorsett 80-plus. Not really seeing the targets, but knowing that the Titans kind of funnel things to the pass, you can always take a dart if you want someone cheap. Yeah, and I love the Nico. I love what you said about Nico Collins there because – he was the he was taking over as the number one receiver there before yeah. his injury got there or before Brandon Cooks whispered in his ear and said, "Man, we tanking, man, we're tanking. Just you know, take it, take a seat, man." I don't know. Yeah. Uh, a Kukwaka. What? How do you, how do we say it? I don't want to get that mad at us. Chitakwankwa, man, he's a muscle-bound man. Boy, that guy is a big guy. He looks good at 3,500. He looks like one of those guys that if Derrick Henry was going to pass it to somebody, it'd be Chig, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a receiver at Maryland, you know, in college. So he's got good hands. Uh, you got to watch the, the Traylon Burke situation. Even though I feel like he's kind of supplanted Austin Hooper as a lead tight end, so far, both of his games – that uh, he's kind of had the the boom, I guess, not really a boom, but that he's played well has been without uh, Traylon Burks. So if Burks is back, uh, you may want to get off McConkle at that point. And I do like the Titans' defense. I picked them up in a league or two uh, along the way. If they do have to pass funnel, like you were talking about the Texans do, I do yeah. not trust the pass funneling abilities of a Davis Mills or whoever they have back there at quarterback during that play or two that they pass the ball. Agreed, agreed. Regardless of Mills or Driscoll, you can run with the, the Titans defense, even though they give it up through the air. That's usually against teams that can actually throw the ball, and I'm not convinced the Texans can. No, no, and and it gives opportunities for, and they're at home, all those things. Washington at San Francisco, this game, we have no worries as far as weather goes. This game has a 38-point total, though, because I, I, really, I guess both defenses are really strong. I, if I was going to say any game could go over this week, it is, it is this one, but it's only because of the weather, Pierre. <laughs> if, I, if I think about <laughs> the defenses, I know both of these defenses are pretty stout, and what Washington does pretty well uh, is what you know San Francisco doesn't do well or does well. So I, I can see why it's a 38-point total. But, man, I, I love watching both of these quarterbacks, Pierre, play football. But, honestly, I just don't know that Taylor Heineke is an NFL quarterback. And at 5,200, there's no way I trust him against a San Francisco 49er defense. Yeah, I'm not playing him against the Niners at all. And so does that uh, take away a McLaurin? That takes away a McLaurin, a Logan Thomas? It takes away all of them? Yeah, I don't want any part of Washington this week. You don't even and want a Brian Robinson? Niners defense has just been that good. No, thank you. All right. What about a Brock Purdy then? We're going against that Washington uh defense. That that you know, it is stout, it is strong, but man, Brock Purdy has looked very purdy. I don't mind him. He's come up a little bit in price. He's up to fifty five. Mm-hmm. Uh he could pay a hundred dollars more and and get Daniel Jones against the Vikings in a dome, uh, if you wanted to, to kind of be in that range. I think it's McCaffrey. Like he's like the He's the guy. He's the guy. Uh, maybe Kittle, like Kittle finally 
You know, got some action with Purdy against Seattle, but it's just McCaffrey. He's just seeing the ball so much. I know he's questionable, um, but don't don't mind that. He's going to play. Elijah Mitchell's, you know, on the IR right now. They're not really giving the ball to Jordan Mason at all. Uh, He saw against Seattle, what, 34 touches? That's a ton. Um, Really good run scheme is Shanahan, whether it be him or his dad. They always have a great run scheme. McCaffrey's now getting more comfortable in that. They have a good offensive line. So, yeah, it's it's McCaffrey if you're going to play a 49er. This game is going to be over with so fast. Both of these teams manage the clock and just keep the clock going, going, going. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The ball never hits the ground, it doesn't seem like, because if they do pass it, it's always close to the line of scrimmage, especially lately with Purdy in there. Uh, none of the wide receivers are really getting any targets. It's either going to Christian McCaffrey or it's going to George Kittle. It's not going really anywhere else. It, and then you look at what Washington does, and I don't think that they're going to trust. I mean, if I, if I could sit there and see it from my sofa, certainly they know that Heineke against this Washington, San Francisco 49er defense. He's just not going to be able to get the ball to the receivers or even Logan Thomas. So this is just going to be a grind them out, pound them out game. I, I, I say the over. It, now I keep sitting here thinking about it. I really <laughs> kind of want to take the under. Well, you even look at like Barkley, who just played the Commanders. He was basically the game plan. He got yep. eight rushing attempts. He got yeah eight targets from receiving 18 rushing attempts. So what's to stop the 49ers for having a, a similar script with McCaffrey? keeping Heineke off the field. Heck, you might see Wentz in this game, uh, if we're just being honest. Uh, it could get that bad for, for Heineke against the 49ers. I I agree with you. I really do. And I wouldn't <laughs> mind that. Uh, Jahan Dotson, if Wentz does come off the bench, somebody I'd like to play then. All right. Hey, Philadelphia at Dallas, a, a dome game again so we can play this game. And I was excited to watch this game until I found out that Jalen Hurts has got a shoulder injury. And it came out of the blue, Pierre. I, 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 where did this yeah. come from? Because he wasn't hurt in Chicago whenever he left Chicago. What happened between Chicago and Philadelphia or Chicago and Dallas? I don't know what happened. He just played through it. Um, you can see the play. It was a scramble. Uh, I think he got maybe six or seven yards, and he got tackled on his shoulder. Um, but he just played through it, uh, even through a dart to, to A.J. Brown. Uh, that's why there's still potential that he could, could play. He hasn't been ruled out just yet. Uh, if they're smart, I think they would. They should play it safe, uh, just given you know the Cowboys have a pretty solid defense. They do have a, a little wiggle room atop the NFC to where they really don't need this game. I know it'd be nice to, to clinch and just have it over with, but you don't have to have this game. So just keep that in mind. And if Hurst doesn't play, um, Fire Minchie up. Mania, is, Fire is that still a thing? Yeah, it's got to be a thing. This Dallas Cowboy defense has been vulnerable, especially to the big plays. And we got two of the best wide receivers in the game, in the game right now, playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. We got to get, get a Minshew Mania. <laughs> Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, he played, That's right. he played them last year, uh, week 18, uh, 15 points, 15.44. I mean, you take that for 4,800, and it's going to open up salary for you to to play other other pieces. It's indoors. You don't have to worry about any weather. So, I mean, it might be Minshew Mania. It might, it might be. Uh, uh, go over on the other side. 
I, I love the Philadelphia Eagle defense. Uh, the other side of the ball for Philadelphia. I love the defense. I've told you the last couple of weeks that I do not like to ask Prescott, that I think that he's turnover prone, <laughs> and it's just happening all in, right before our eyes. Uh, yeah. And so whenever I look at that, I like the Philadelphia Eagle defense. I don't necessarily like the – well, I guess I love the price. 2200 That is that is dirt cheap. Why wouldn't anybody play the Philadelphia Eagle defense? They're so cheap. I don't know. I guess that – Oh, that's a like setup a here. Yeah, Isn't that no. a trap? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get us started, man. Don't get us started. I mean, they've, they've, not, they've not been under this is what week two. Week two, they were 2,500. They've been basically 3K or more all year. They've they scored positive points all year. Year. 2,200. What happened? What's going on here? here? Yes. Okay, so now we got Jalen Hurts' arm being in a sling, and the always do hurt to play. Got Minshew being talked about, and now all of a sudden the Philadelphia Eagle defense is at 2,200. Somebody knows something along the way. I'm stacking. I am stacking Dallas Cowboys. Remember last couple of weeks whenever we talked about the Minnesota Vikings stuff and whenever we were like, what in the world was going on? And, and, and sure enough, we needed to have the guts to be able to play a Kirk Cousins that week, I think, against Buffalo. I think it was. I can't remember if it was that or not. But it really looks like that's where we need to stack up is these Dallas Cowboys Pierre. I mean, it's tough because the Eagles should have yeah. a good defense. Like, yeah, no, I, it I, reminds I, me. So, a buddy of mine texted me before the Colts and Vikings game, uh-oh. and I, I kid you not, the screenshot <laughs> was was Vikings minus three and a half. He's like, "Why is this so low?" And I was like, "Because it has to be a trap." I was like, "There's no way that the Vikings should only be favored by three and a half against the Colts, who have just been awful." Mm-hmm. And boom, Colts are up thirty-three nothing. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. If you follow me on Twitter, you see I would have posted a tweet. Yeah. Right around third or early fourth quarter, I said the Vikings are going to win by three so the Colts still <laughs> cover. And sure enough, 36-33. But, yeah, this feels like one of those situations where Eagles are just too cheap and feels like a trap, but I might fall for it just because – I'm doing. I'm doing. Like, I got. You got to. We got to build a lineup. Dak Prescott, and it's going to have to be a CD Lamb. Do we? Do we put a Gallup in there, or do we put a Noah Brown in there? Uh, probably Gallup. Uh, Noah okay. Brown just came off his big game, so I wouldn't okay. do him. All right, and Dalton Schultz has got to be in there too, right? Or, or I, don't, I don't know how we're going to stack this up, but uh, you and I are sniffing. <laughs> you and I are calling fix of the week. Can we have an? Can we have <laughs> one called fix of the week? Because you talk about Twitter. There's a guy who tweeted something about how terrible the Minnesota Vikings were playing, and this is like midway through the second quarter. And I tweeted back at him. I, I said, I have a sneaky suspicion that all of a sudden uh, you're going to see a bunch of points by Minnesota, a bunch of touchdowns, a bunch of field goals by Indianapolis, and Minnesota will end up winning this game. And he t- he tweeted back at me somewhere, you know, along the fourth quarter or overtime, and he said, "You're the smartest man alive." And I, I couldn't <laughs> disagree with him, but it's just it's how it's going to go. So. I would pay attention to the Cowboys, <laughs> pay attention to their spread. Right now, I have them favored by five. If Herps is out and that goes up, then you might be okay with the Eagles if everyone starts to get on the Cowboys. If Herps plays, then I think you want to be on the Cowboys side of things. You just made it too complicated for me. But, hey, Pierre, you got to build us a lineup here because we got to go. And we do appreciate everybody listening to this DFS Streamer podcast. That might be a new one. Fix of the week is what we might have to call it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate everybody listening out there. Thank you so much for the reviews, the support. We thank you for joining the contest each and every time. And I know from the bottom of Pierre and I heart, uh, both of our hearts here, that we, we hope that you guys have a great Christmas being with your family and everything. And uh, we consider you guys an extended part of our own families because we just appreciate Appreciate everything you've done for us.
Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Really appreciate you all uh, listening, the interactions that we get, join the contest, uh, just having fun, living fantasy life together. So greatly appreciate it. Uh, quarterback. No, um, no, no. Now, now, hold on, hold no, on. Uh, no, well, I got, I got to remind everybody. Follow you at Peewee Thirty One over uh, on Twitter. You follow me at Lofinet. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. I'll pin this tweet up there, and I'll have the two different contests in uh, the tweet underneath that tweet. I don't. How, how do you say that? I don't know. Add a tweet. I don't know what you do. But yes, make sure you do that over there, and make sure you like, comment, subscribe, all those things. Now, Pierre, you and I always talk about quarterbacks, and we yes. always try to play that little game this year of me picking your quarterback or our quarterback for this thing of who you would pick and i think it is going to be daniel jones this week i it just i like how you said he graded out the that the most and he was at 5900 which is pretty cheap for him it's not it's not okay. gonna be jones and okay. have, yeah you have yourself to thank i'm gonna go with gino okay. uh 5800 again he's been really good uh obviously you're gonna pair him up with uh dk dk metcalf no, no title lock in this game uh, so give me Gino, give me DK. I'm playing McKinnon. I don't, I don't care. He, if he burns me, then hopefully he burns everyone else that plays okay. him because he's not going to score 30 again without me having him. So run it back with McKinnon. Okay. Give me King Henry. Put me, put King Henry in there at 8600. Uh, put my, put McCaffrey in the flex. Give me CMC yes, too. Sir. Let me load up CMC 88. Going to save. I'm going to fall for the trap to, to save right now. Give me the Eagles. <laughs> Uh, again, if Hertz plays, I'm not going to play the Eagles. But if Hertz is out, uh, give me the Eagles because no one's going to be on them with Minshew. Okay. Uh, Eagles for 22. I like Richie James Jr., uh, 3,900 uh, to kind of save some salary there against that Vikings. Uh, that, that can be my Daniel Jones type of piece there. Yeah. I'll get Fant in there, uh, double stack with Geno. So give me Fant at 3,400. Hopefully he plays. Uh, that leaves me 43, so a couple options. I could go Scantling if I want another part of the Chiefs. I can go with Goodwin. The triple stack won't do that. Um, we talked about Gallup. No, I don't want Gallup. Give me DJ Chark, uh, 4,200 to round it out. So Geno Smith, Derek Henry, Jarek McKinnon, DJ Chark, Richie James Jr., DK Metcalf, Noah Fant, Christian McCaffrey, Eagles defense. I owe you a cup of coffee, by the way. One of these lineups paid off in one of these free contests I had or something and <laughs> that, that I entered these these uh, lineups in, and it, it got me like five DraftKings bucks or something like that. So I, 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 I bet I, it was like two weeks ago because I went back and listened, and whatever lineup I built, I want to say two weeks ago, it like crushed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I did I not play this. I was so bad listening to who I actually put in the lineup. So <laughs> I'm guessing it was that one. It was probably the week you faded everything I said. Pierre, great job as always. I wish you have a Merry Christmas. And to all the listeners as well, have a Merry Christmas. And always find a way to make a, a positive impact in somebody's life today.